some posts on Facebook and heard in some other podcasts about youth pastors who are getting rid of games in their youth ministry. And when I first heard this, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and so I decided we should do a podcast episode on why people are getting rid of games in youth ministry, why most people are using games incorrectly, why I believe that games are essential to youth ministry, and four rules to follow if you want your games to be effective ministry tools. Because I really believe that these people who are getting rid of games in youth ministry are just failing to use them correctly. My name is Michael Collins. This is the Maximize Youth Ministry Podcast. This show exists to help you gain skill and confidence in youth ministry. Thank you for listening. I hope you love the show today. So, why are people getting rid of games? Well, a lot of people, a lot of pastors are feeling like their youth are only showing up to play the games. Like they don't care about the message, that they're just showing up, they they play the game, that's what they enjoy, and then they just are sitting through the rest of it, not listening. And they don't want the games to be a distraction from the gospel, which is a very real concern. And if games are a distraction from the gospel, then you should get rid of them. We need to remove distractions in our youth ministries. I mean, that's a big part of it. Kids get distracted very easily. The less we have around to keep them from hearing the truth that we're trying to communicate to them, the better. But games are a tool that we should be taking advantage of. And if they're a distraction or you feel like they're taking away from your ministry, I believe I believe you're just not using them correctly. One of the most common ways that I see people using games incorrectly is what I call transactionally, where you prepare a game to play before your message, and you let all the kids run around and play, and you view it as, okay, kids, now I've let you run around, I've let you burn off your energy, so now you have to listen to me, as if it's a transaction where if you let them play for five minutes, then they have to listen to you for five minutes. But kids never agreed to that, and they don't care how you view it. They want to play, and letting them play before your message or after is not going to increase their receptibility of what you're trying to say. Maybe it'll seem like it if you play a game that is incredibly high energy and they're sprinting around the building for 10 minutes, then they come in and they sit down and they're nice and quiet, but it's not because they're listening to you, it's just because they're exhausted and they're not listening, they're just sleeping because they're so tired. But this is the way that a lot of people in youth ministry treat games is we have it's kids ministry so we have to play games because kids like to play games but hopefully if we let them play enough games then they'll listen to us when it's time for us to preach at them but it doesn't work like that kids aren't receptive to that that's not how they work they need to be taught in a way that is engaging to them and some people think well the gospel should be engaging enough. If if they're not paying attention, that's their fault, and we don't need to we don't need to change anything. They just need to learn to pay more attention. And I mean, it is good for kids to learn to sit down and pay attention. That's going to be a skill that they need in their life. But Christ used stories when he taught that the people he was speaking to could relate to to help them connect and understand and be engaged. We should do the same thing with kids, and we're trying to deliver these truths to them, 
do it in a way that they can relate to and engage with. And games are one way that we can do that. Not in the transactional way, but in using the games as effective ministry tools, using them as lessons in themselves, which I'll get to in just a minute. But first, I want to talk about why games are so essential to youth ministry. And not only are they an effective tool that you can use if you do them correctly, but somebody told me once, play is the language of children. It's how they communicate. Two kids will play with each other for hours before they even think to ask what the other person's name is. That's just how they connect. There's no better way for you to connect with your youth than to play with them. That is how kids learn. It's how they communicate is through place. That's why all across nature, even young animals, a wolf puppy is going to be playing with its litter mates to learn how to fight and hunt and they practice. Play is practice for adulthood. And we can use the play to teach the gospel to kids. We shouldn't look at it as a transactional event where if we let them play for a little bit, then they should sit down and listen to us. We need to incorporate games into the message and the truth that we're trying to communicate. So how do we do this? Well, I've got four rules for you. I already did an episode on team building games called Getting the Most Out of Games. It's way back at the beginning. And team building games, I do believe, are incredible asset to your ministry. If you aren't doing team building games, go back and listen to that episode and I'm going to try to convince you that you should start. But whether it's team building or just using games in general, anytime you're playing a game, the first rule to make games into an effective ministry tool is to be intentional with the choice of game. Don't just look for something fun. You got to look for something that you can use to teach that will help kids connect with the message that you're trying to deliver. Just doing a Google search for 10 games to play in youth group and then choosing the top one isn't going to help you at all. It might be fun. I'm sure it'll be a fun game and the kids will enjoy it. And there is a benefit to that, but it's not going to help you minister to them that day that you decide to use it. So if you are more intentional, if you do some research and look for specific games and put some thought into how you can apply it, then games start to become more of an asset to your ministry. And that's the second rule, is use them as a teaching point. So for example, if you are trying to teach your youth about faith or about trust, then choose a game where they have to trust each other or somebody else. Have them, a student put on a blindfold and be led through an obstacle course by another student. That's great. The kids will love it. It's fun. And you can then immediately turn around and apply that to the lesson and say, hey, you know how you had to trust your friend to guide you around these obstacles that I've laid out on the ground because you couldn't see? Well, this is kind of like how we have to trust God in our lives, that he can see more than we can. He is all-knowing and has a better understanding of what's going on than we do. So we need to listen to his voice and not all of the other voices around us, right? There's a great lesson. But if you just did a game where they're chasing each other around with pool noodles playing tag, you can't really apply that in the same way. So be intentional with your choice and then use it to teach. 
don't just play the game and then say, okay, everybody, we're going to go sit down now and, and then I'm going to start my message. No, your message begins as soon as they walk through the door and everything that you've got planned should be a way of teaching them and communicating to them because kids learn in different ways. Some kids are going to learn more from this game than anything that you try to tell them or show them in a video or tell them in a story or teach them with an object lesson. This game will communicate to them better than anything else. Other kids, no, they're not going to get it from the game, but they'll get it from the object lesson or the video or whatever it is. You have to diversify your portfolio when it comes to communicating with kids. But I'm that's a whole nother podcast episode. I think games are going to be the most effective way of any any other way of communicating with kids. You can communicate more through play because play is the language of kids, like I said. So use it. And the next rule for making your games into an effective ministry tool is to play the games with the kids. Now this doesn't work every time. Sometimes you have to be the one organizing and refereeing almost between the two teams, depending on what kind of game you're playing. But every opportunity that you have, you should be on the field, on the basketball court, on wherever it is that you're playing this game, playing it with them. Because like I said, there's no better way to connect with a kid than to play with them because that's the language of kids. You know, I'm sure, that you're supposed to lead by example. That doesn't only apply to following the rules and being a good Christian example. It also applies to games. If you want the kids to enjoy the games and get into them, right? Well, if they see you standing on the sideline, not at all interested in participating in this game that you just proposed to them, they're not going to be as interested in it. But if it's a game maybe that they wouldn't have been interested in, but you act like it's the most exciting thing you've ever done in your entire life, that's going to get them excited. So go and play with them. You'll form more connections with the kids. They'll feel more connected to you and they'll get more into your games and they'll enjoy them more. And it's fun. So enjoy it. Go play games. You're in youth ministry for a reason. We get to have more fun than everybody else, right? So go and take advantage of it and play the games. And then the last rule for getting the most out of your games and turning them into effective ministry tools is to do a debrief at the end. And this really applies to team building games, but it also applies to any type of game that you're going to play. The debrief is where you gather everybody up and you talk about what happened during the game and you try to show them how they can apply it to their own lives, to the message of the day, to their future event, upcoming event, whatever it is that you're trying to communicate through the game, make sure you do a debrief and not just where you're talking at them and explaining the game to them, but where they get a chance to chime in and talk about what they liked or disliked, what went wrong, what went right, what they enjoyed, what was hard about it, because letting them share their own thoughts and ideas will keep them more engaged and it will help them think about this game as a teaching point instead of just, oh, this is something fun that we get to do before we have to sit down and listen to this guy talk. But those are the four rules. I hope this is helpful to you. Again, if you're not doing team building games, please go back and listen to episode six titled Getting the Most Out of Games. 
where I talk specifically about team building games and why you should do them and how I run them. But I hope you understand why games are so important and have a better understanding of how to effectively apply them to your ministry. But no matter what, even if I haven't been able to convince you to play games, make sure you love the kids all the time, no matter what. I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed that episode. At the time of recording this, we have five reviews on Apple Podcasts and four on Spotify. I would love it if you could go and increase that number by one. It'd mean a lot to me and let me know that you are out there, you're listening, and you're enjoying the show. Thank you so much for listening.